When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Today, Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock, Irie Harris, and I are going to play GM. We're going to try and put together the Browns' 53-man roster over the course of this podcast. We came up with 38 sure things, 19 on each side of the ball, and then we filled out the roster from there. So that's coming up on the podcast. Football Insider, if you're not a subscriber, the season's coming. you got to get on board. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get information. And, of course, to get signed up. And one last thing, we're going to have a live Orange and Brown Talk podcast on September 7th from 5.30 to 7.30. It's in person. Uh, We will be recording an episode of this show at the Music Box in Cleveland. It's down in the flats. We've actually done it there before. September 7th, 5.30 to 7.30. Go to musicboxclee.com slash event slash orange dash and dash brown dash talk again that's musicboxclee.com slash event slash orange and brown talk with dashes in between each of those words in orange and brown talk i'll stick a link for that into the description of this podcast as well all right enough from me we're gonna put together a 53-man roster on today's orange and brown talk podcast Here we go on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast as we try and figure out the Browns' 53-man roster. Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock, Irie Harris. So I sent everyone a list of sure things. These are players that I think are on the roster. They're going to make it. And it ended up being kind of neatly 19 on each side of the ball. So we're just going to get this to 25 on each side. The specialists we're not going to touch. That is set. It's Charlie Hewlett. It's Cade York. It's Corey Bajorquez. That group is set. So uh, good podcasting here. I'm going to read a list of names to everyone uh, just so just so our listeners have an idea of what this list looks like. Real quickly, the quarterbacks, Jacoby Brissett, Joshua Dobbs, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Jerome Ford at running back, Amari Cooper, DPJ, Demetric Felton, David Bell, Michael Woods at wide receiver, David Njoku, Harrison Bryant at tight end. I've got a bunch of alignment, Posich, Teller, Batonio, Dunn, Froholt, Wills, Conklin. Don't worry, I'll go over this all again at the end when we get this thing set. On the defensive side of the ball, Garrett, Clowney, Wright, and Thomas. Winfrey, Elliott, Brian, Togiai on the inside. J.O.K., Phillips, Anthony Walker, Sione Takitaki at linebacker. Ward, Newsom, Williams, and Emerson at corner. John Johnson, Delpit, and Ronnie Harrison at safety. I'm sure you all heard that and remembered every one of those names. So what we're going to do is we're going to try and fill this out to get to 25 on each side of the ball. Mary Kay, who's not on this list of players that needs to be on it? Who do you want to put on this roster? Well, you guys know exactly who I'm going to put on this (laughs) roster. Uh, And I asked Kevin Stefanski after the game last night, after Anthony Schwartz's really bad game last night in which he dropped three more passes for a total of six in the preseason if he was in any jeopardy of getting cut. Kevin Stefanski said no, so I'm going to take him at his word and believe that they're going to put Anthony Schwartz on the roster despite his struggles. I I do believe they're not ready to quite give up on him yet. He's got a long way to go. Uh, It's in his head and uh You know, I think what they need to do is get him some really high percentage pass plays. They need to get him feeling good about himself and they need to get his confidence back. They need to help him with that. So I'm putting Anthony Schwartz on this roster. Uh, He's my number one here. Okay, so I can't really argue with this because of all the things you said there about Kevin basically saying he's not going to get cut. And I I think people are going to be a little upset when Anthony Schwartz makes this roster. But I say when, because I'm with you, Mary Kay. I think it's going to happen. And I'll be honest with you. I can't fault the Browns for putting him in the roster. He was a third round pick a year ago. They obviously still believe there's something there. And there's not another receiver that just, if there had been a guy like if Javon Wims or Mike Harley or somebody 
had like just absolutely blown the doors off in training camp in the preseason. I may, I might sit here and pound the table for one of those guys, but I think that whole group was kind of just okay. And I think you can get any of those guys on your practice squad. So Ashley, I think people might be upset if he makes the roster, but I, I think it makes sense. And he would be our sixth receiver here in this group. Maybe our, our only receiver we're going to add to this group. I, I get it. I, I can't really sit here and pound the table for anybody else. Yeah, that if I had the first pick in this as well, this was who I was going to pick because of what Mary Kay said. I mean, we asked him, she asked Kevin Stefanski directly, and he said he's not in danger of being cut right now. And and like you said, Dan, I think this is, we have to remember, this is a, a team um, with when the people at the helm of it, this Andrew Berry regime, they have not parted ways with draft picks. They just don't do it. And I think just like one year into this, they're not gonna, you know, cut cut bait and run from Anthony Schwartz at this point. Um, and Kevin Stefanski even pointed out this morning, you know, they don't, they haven't had like any undrafted guys make this roster since he's been here the last couple of years. So I think it's, it's just very likely he's going to be on this roster. And I understand people's frustrations, especially uh, given everything that we've seen from Anthony Schwartz recently, but he definitely, I think has a spot on this roster. So spoiler alert, I think we might break two of those. I think we might break both both of those trends here. We might, when, yeah. Uh, when it comes to cutting draft picks and adding an undrafted free agent to the roster, but not quite yet. Irie, this is sort of where if you've got like a last desperate case for, for Mike Harley or someone like that, this is probably the spot because I don't think there's room for another receiver here. Yeah, so what I bang on that. Well, I was going to mention this. I, I don't agree with how I put it. Kevin uh, Stefanski is going to have the final say that at the end of the day. We get that. We understand that. Mary Kay, you asked him herself. He is the source. He's not getting cut. And I, I understand and see the point of not cutting him. I'm not wishing for him to, to be you know on the waivers. But I'll, let me put it like this. Let's take three receivers that, that we've all that we've seen within the training camp and within the preseason games. We'll use Schwartz, Wims, and Harley Jr. All right. You have Schwartz who has only had a season of experience. It's hard to really evaluate these guys in the preseason, but yeah, his confidence is evidently shot in multiple drops. And then you have Wims, someone who's already had NFL experience three seasons with the Bears, only got 50% of his targets. He was, I believe, 28 for 56 total and still has an amount of much to that right now in the preseason. And then you got Harley Jr. As I've said prior, the go-to reason for cutting him is going to be his size. Now we talk about blowing the doors off the training camps, but what we know, we see there aren't many times where certain guys should, should get the same amount of looks that they do. Why is, you know, Shores getting five looks, but then Harley may hopefully get two that will come towards the end of a certain session. If you're going to keep Shores on the team, fine, do it. Keep him on as regarding practice squad or anything in that sort. He's speedy, so they want to use the speed. But this just isn't the full right case right now. It's I know it's going to take time to bring his confidence up, but it's better just take, I think, a hope on a guy like Harley Jr., who was young and that showed, even within his limited amount of looks, he nearly, it should have been a touchdown, but then he went and said he was a yard short. Boo on that. But that's my case for this. And Mary Kay, I, I, think, that's a, I think that's a sound case, but I, I just think what it's ultimately going to come down to is, you know, they, they've been pretty firm in their belief in Schwartz and, I do think that one of these extra guys you're going to be able to get to the practice squad. Yeah. And you know what? Um, I think Irie, you made really, really good points there. And I have a tendency to agree with you on some of this, that uh, Mike Harley has shown some really nice potential. And the other thing obviously is that they are uh, using him as a returner and that's vitally important right now. I actually think because of his return ability that he might be able to make the team as a returner and that they don't have to necessarily sort of borrow from their receiver room to give him a spot on the roster per se, uh, just as Jakeem Grant was a returner. Perhaps uh, Michael sneaks onto the team like this, at, at least maybe in the early going. Uh, so I, I don't think it's out of the question that he can he can be on the team. Um, I mean, it could be a little bit of a long shot because, as you guys mentioned, he could end up uh, headed for the practice squad. If, if Anthony Schwartz 
was a surefire returner, it would be like a no brainer, right? But I think that it's at least a discussion worth having. Um, you know, what do you do with a Michael Harley because of that? Okay, real uh, quick. Oh, go ahead, Irene. No, you're good. I, I was going to mention that I, I def, I full out agree with that point, Mary Kay. And I was actually what I was going to wait to mention next. Of if possible, yes, use them for it regarding kick return. That's usually the tendency when it comes to guys that size in the league. Then they're going to put them at the wide receiver position, which you think is for the bigger guys. It's like, all right, well, he can run some. Let, let's put him to return. You know, let's put him on special teams. And it actually had led me prior to the call to do a little research. And I had seen that while at Miami. And I know when, and I'm not trying to compare the speed of college to professional, but as much as we've talked about shorts at Auburn, I think it, I think it's only fair for the hot moment. He actually, in 11 games in his fourth year in college, he was a fifth-year senior, but in his fourth year, he returned 213 yards on kick returns. That would average out to just a tad bit over 19 a game. If they're not looking at that, then what are they really doing, honestly, with him? So that's all on that. Thank you. Okay, the question I wanted to ask uh, before we move on to our next guy, um, of these three players, Demetric Felton, Michael Woods, and Anthony Schwartz, um, kind of real quick, who do you guys think, Ashley, I'll start with you, who do you think is the most in danger when the Browns kind of start looking at the waiver wire and make some waiver claims? So Felton, Woods, and Schwartz. I mean, it's going to go against everything I just said, but I think it kind of has to be Schwartz, right? Like, I think they really like Demetric Felton and his versatility, and Anthony Schwartz can't play can't play running back if something happens in that room. Um, and Michael Woods, I I don't know. I think there's something there. He was people forget he was having a really 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 nice camp before that hamstring started to aggravate him. Um, I think you kind of need to to give him a chance and see what he can do. So that's kind of my take, I guess, for my, for my personal wants. Now, I don't know if that's how they'll be thinking. I, I guess I'd be curious to know more about how they truly feel about Anthony Schwartz, which, which of course we can't know, but I, I do think that they're just hesitant always to, to kind of scrap a draft pick guy. Yeah. I mean, look, the answer here is probably from another position, but Mary Kay and I read real quick, um, Felton, Schwartz, or Woods, who who should maybe be the no, most nervous? Wow, that's a really, really good question. Um, I, I would say that you almost do have to say, uh, you know, if you had to choose one of those three guys that you might be choosing Schwartz there, because I, I know uh, that they really, really are excited about um, Michael Woods and they're not cutting, um, they're not cutting Dimitri. Felton, uh, we know that's not happening. So, um, so, yeah. I mean, even though I we know they're not cutting Anthony Schwartz, um, if you had to choose one of those three, I think he actually would be the most likely. Irene, do you agree? Yes, I I have to agree because reducing bias is a real thing, and. Schwartz, Schwartz before training camp, they probably had very high hopes on, was probably thinking, man, he can really improve during this training camp. But within the pre the three preseason games, he should be the most nervous. Now, compared to Felt there, they're not going to compare uh, cut Felton. Felton, who was listed at times as a running back, as we talked about last night, can really be effective in the slot. And there were a few times with both Brissett and with Joshua Dodger, he was using the slot and was very effective. So they're not going to cut him on that. And as you guys have repeatedly mentioned and even told me multiple times prior to my arrival, Michael Woods was really, really good in training camp. So they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that. There's no reason to cut him if, if you really believe you can be effective. It's going to be shorts. It's going to be shorts. Okay, I promise we're not going to spend 12 to 15 minutes on every single player here. So let's move on. Ashley, uh, why don't you give us somebody that you want to put on this roster? Yeah, I think there's a couple of guys who are left off this list you made, Dan, that are still locks to make it. So I'm going to go to the other side of the ball uh, and add A.J. Green here. I mean, I think they they just really like him. He had over a 90 coverage grade last year from PFF. Um, and, you know, that's that's an undrafted guy who who's made a name for himself here. And we know how they feel about defensive backs. I truly believe they think you can never have enough of them, especially when you consider the fact that Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom have been beat up so far in this preseason. 
um, I think he's he's still a shoe in to make it. Yeah, AJ Green feels like a lock. Um, I, I did leave him off the initial list just for discussion purposes. But I mean, Mary Kay, there's no reason to believe that AJ Green isn't going to make this roster. He's versatile. They're training him to play inside. And I mean, Kevin even said when we heard from him today, you know, you kind of listen for little things. He said AJ Green should be ready for week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> a giveaway, but like, OK, they're at least planning, planning around him a little bit week one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would put A.J. Green in the lock category. Uh, He's making this football team, so I don't even think it's a question. Uh, He has demonstrated that he belongs in this league, that he's a good young developmental player. And like this is one of those guys that are like, I don't even think there's much debate on it. I I think he's on it and I I think he's ready to roll. Irie, have you gotten to see much of A.J. Green at all? Uh, a, A little bit. I know that I, I've been being all that much learning to know as much as you guys, you know, as all three of you know about him. But once again, as I mentioned, I'm your Kevin Stefanski is the source. So as he mentioned earlier, if he's going to, if you should be ready for week one, that's telling you that he is a lock on the team. That's saying that he's going to be a very effective and should be ready to go out there and kill. So I even if I don't know much of him right now, I look forward to learning and watching more about him soon. And, and he sort of fits that mold of a guy that's been around that they know that has played for them in, in big spots. So um, I, I, th- I think it makes sense. Uh, so Irie, why don't you give us a name? All right. I'm going to, it's kind of a hot take, kind of a throw but I want to see how this goes. I'm going to put down Dakota Allen. Oh yeah. Yeah. This okay, is another... so a linebacker. Yes. This is why. Now, as you can tell from the list, was it now five uh, linebackers now at the moment? Yeah, we're up to five now. Yeah, for some teams that would be too much, but for this team, we need to, they need as much as as can get. And knock on wood, with the injury bug that has came about recently. But the reason why I mentioned of keeping the Cole Allen is because he was super duper productive on the defensive side within the first couple of previous games. He didn't even play last night, I don't believe. I don't recall seeing him play uh play play uh last night in the last preseason game. If he did, I don't recall. But if he didn't, that tells me that he did enough within the first two preseason games to say, okay, he's fine. Let's set him out for a bit. I would actually be kind of, kind of support because he really made his case of, of making his team along with the fact that he's you know, he's had high according to pro football focus, high overall defensive grades or tackling grades. I believe it might have been the second game versus Philadelphia where he was top two. I believe it was like, like at least a 77 uh, overall PFF. In other words, if, if nobody was out there hitting the other guy in the opposing color, it was going to be him. And I saw him do that more than any anybody else within the first couple of preseason games. So thoughts? Okay, so here's where we're going to have to we're going to have to talk through this linebacker position and maybe put this up to a vote. So, Irie's putting Dakota Allen on. He was playing some Mike linebacker in the first preseason game. Uh, some other guys to consider here. Tony Fields, Willie Harvey, and Jordan. I apologize, Jordan, that I'm not saying your last name right. If you make the 53-man roster, I will learn how to say it properly. But Jordan Kunashik. He recovered uh, also the fumble pl- last night. Yes, recovered yeah. a fumble last mm-hmm. night. Also a uh, has been playing some Mike linebacker. So let's make a hard choice here. Uh, Tony Fields, Dakota Allen, Jordan Kanashik. Irie, I'm going to take, I'm going to put Tony Fields on the roster as a special teams guy because I think the top of that roster is set or the top of that position is set with JOK, Jacob Phillips, Anthony Walker, and Taki Taki. So I want a guy that can play special teams. We've talked about the draft pick thing. Um, I'm going to put in a vote for Tony Fields. Ashley and Mary Kay, what do you think here? Yeah, I was also going to say I had Tony on my list, and you kind of listed off all my reasons, Dan, so not much to add here (laughs) so we can move it along. But the special teams thing, like you said, is huge. Like we got Jacob Phillips now and Anthony Walker in the middle. I don't know that they really need another guy there because of how much they want to rely on Jacob Phillips especially. Yeah, I would just like to add uh, last year – Tony Fields missed much of the season with a broken foot. He didn't get an opportunity to show what he could do. Uh, They like Tony Fields. He is a very good special teams player. And, um, and once again, he, he just didn't have uh, a regular season last year and they're not about to give up on a draft pick that quickly as we know. So um, 
And the other thing about Tony is that he is, a, I, I like to call him sort of a poor man's JOK. He, he's not JOK, but he is in the mold of a JOK. He kind of is along those lines of a hybrid type of guy, sort of hybrid linebacker, hybrid defensive back, a little bit of each. And if he can make a name for himself on special teams, uh, you know, then he might be able to make a case to get a little bit of playing time on defense. I'm going with Tony Fields. Okay, so we're overruling you here, Irie. But hey, listen, when you come when you come back around, maybe you can push for Dakota Allen again, depending on how the rest of this roster shakes out. That's the art of uh, of putting together a 53 man roster okay. here. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dakota, if, if listen right now, I'm sorry. I tried my best. <laughs> you did good. All right, I'm going to stay on the defensive side of the ball. Oh. Um, and I think this one was obvious. Like if somebody wasn't going to take this guy before me, it just feels like this is. This is going to be the guy that bucks the trend. This is going to be the first undrafted free agent to make the 53. And this is going to be the first time, I, I believe, um, unless there's somebody else maybe that's going to get get uh, cut in this process, the first draft pick that might not make it to the 53. I think DeAnthony Bell might yeah. be that fourth safety. And I think we saw some pretty hard evidence of that last night. And that's why I'm confident in saying that. Because when with Ronnie Harrison out, when they went to three safeties, DeAnthony Bell came in, not Richard LeCount. And then when they brought in the backups, when they when Grant Delpit left the game with a hip injury, they brought in DeAnthony Bell and not Richard LeCount. He didn't come in until later. He he did play next to DeAnthony Bell when they went fully to the second team. But I think DeAnthony Bell has made this roster. Does anyone want to push back on that? No, I think this is right, Dan. I mean, you you pointed it out right away last night. I think when you also remember that last year, like I, in hindsight, like it might not have been a big deal if we saw Richard LeCount going out there, you know, as that next guy up with Ronnie Harrison not playing yesterday. And if we saw more from him in camp, but D'Anthony Bell is really just the one who stood out with creating takeaways, which we know is something that this defense has struggled with. And I keep thinking back to last year, just Richard LeCount not playing much, having some disciplinary issues that we never really got clarity on what those were. But I think if you got a guy who's, you know, kind of proven himself in the preseason and you're willing to throw him out there ahead of Richard LeCount, like maybe it's just not going to work here for him. So I think this is right. Mary Kay, what do you think? I absolutely 100% think that DeAnthony Bell is on this football team. And I think that Kevin Stefanski basically, you know, kind of let the cat out of the bag during his press conference <laughs> today, right? I mean, he he was like, oh, he's going to be the first, uh, you know, undrafted rookie that we've had you know so um so yeah he, he's making this team he's made a strong case for himself I think he deserves it and uh I think this is a good choice Dan okay so uh after our first kind of round going through there we've got uh 22 defensive players so three left on that side of the ball it's 20 offensive players one two three four five left on that side of the ball so we've got eight left a few of these are going to be just real quick but let's go back to mary Kay. um why don't you give us a name here mary Kay? well you know in keeping i think in keeping with the theme of draft picks making the football team i think i'm going to go with james hudson here uh, i you know I, I certainly don't think they're ready to give up on james hudson yet uh he was a fairly high pick last year uh, you know, he's he's a developmental player. Obviously, he struggled some a little bit in that uh, in that Pittsburgh game, Baker's last game. But as we all know, when we you know, when you went back and watched the film, Baker was hanging on to that ball quite a bit. So um, especially with Chris Hubbard, you know, kind of being a little bit in and out of the lineup with some you know injuries and kind of making his way back. I, I have uh, James Hudson as a good developmental swing tackle on this football team. I don't have an issue with this. I, I don't know if we need to spend a ton of time on this because I think there's room for one more tackle here. So we, we can circle, we can come back to this position, but I, I think Hudson is on. It doesn't look like anyone is, is champing at the bit here to jump in and say he's not. So uh, we'll just say we're all in agreement there on James Hudson. I think you're right. Mary Kay, Ashley, give us another uh, name. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm going to go on offense and I'm going to put Dearness Johnson on this roster still. Um, I think he just going back to last year 
proved what he can do if Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are out. Um, I know we've gone kind of gone back and forth on could he be traded or or something like that. But I do think it would be nice. Like Jerome Ford has had a really nice preseason, right? But I think it would be nice to give him some time and you kind of know like the holes in your roster are going to be opening up next year, especially like Dearness is probably not going to be on this team next year. Kareem Hunt probably not going to be on this team next year the way things are going now. But I think for this year, I think you can keep all four of those guys. And I think that's when Demetric Felton's versatility, the ability to put him in the receiver room allows you to do that, especially. Pull back the curtain a little bit here. Um, I, we're looking at a spreadsheet with the roster we're putting together, and I already had four people in the running back room, even though we're only, there were only three listed. So uh, I was just assuming Dearness Johnson was was there going to go. take it on, <laughs> apparently. So we've got Chubb, Hunt, Ford, and Johnson on that list. Irie, uh, do you think Johnson makes this? I do. I think uh, when it comes to specifically last night's game, uh, Johnson, tw- 29 yards off seven carries. But the thing was, the run blocking had just just was not there. So I can't totally blame it on him for not receiving as many yards as he could have. It seemed every time that 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 they said go and he grabbed and he received the ball, every time it seemed like he was running into traffic. The blocking was just bad. So you can't take, take away his impact, though. As we know, he played all 17 games uh, last year. During an injury plague season for the Browns, 534 yards rushed. His impact is not to be forgotten, so he is going to make the team. Kind of sucks regarding John Kelly uh, Jr., who did what he could. 31 rushing yards off of 13 carries. He finished the preseason with 117 yards for 37 carries. But there is a reason why he was playing as much as he has within the preseason. And I have a quick question, too, now. If we were to cut Kelly... How quickly would it be claimed off off the waivers? Mary Kay, what do you think? He's been on their their practice squad the last couple of years, so I think they can get him. I think they could get him onto the practice squad, John Kelly. Yeah, I I think so. I you know he's demonstrated some nice things. He um he's running behind a really really good offensive line, two of the best guards, obviously in the mm-hmm. NFL. Um and. Yeah, I, I think he's someone that uh, they can probably try to keep around on their practice squad. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, Dearness, let's, let's, I would put him on the team. The only way that that's not going to happen, I think, is if someone makes them an offer they can't refuse. Other than that, I think there's room for the other four guys and John on the practice squad. Yeah, that, that was the, the only other thing I was going to ask. Is there a chance that maybe they trade Dearness? We've kicked that around a little bit. I think that's the only thing he has to be nervous about probably is is if somebody comes along and offers them a, a really nice pick for him. And I just don't know uh, if that's going to happen. And Andrew Barry seemed to indicate in an interview during the game last night that they were going to that that running back room was going to be pretty full. So um, that, that seems to indicate that Dearness Johnson could make this team. Uh, so now we're up to 22 on each side of the football. And uh, Irie, you are up. Yes, I am. Well, real quick, the last question I just said, it was just a curious thought. When was the last time that we really saw not just the Browns, but an NFL team with this much depth and specifically at the running back position and having some hard choices to make or just the, just the sight of, man, they have a lot of talent on that position. I'm trying to think of the last time that we really saw that in the league because every single one of these backs could start for at least half the teams in the league. Yeah, I don't know. And and to have the two backs they have at the top, that just makes it like I <laughs> I don't I don't know. I I'd have to think. I mean, I know the Saints have had some years where they've had like two really good backs and there's been other teams that where it's been like, "Hey, they've got two really good backs." The, I mean, the Browns legitimately have four guys in that room and I think John Kelly can play too. So, I I don't know. That that's a good maybe some of our uh, listeners can figure that out for us. Find us the best running back rooms and uh and let us know. Uh, all right, Irie, give us a name. All right, so I'm going to stay on the offensive side. Uh, for the letters T-E, we only have two at the moment, so I'm going to add one more. This was kind of a, uh, I'm not entirely sure, but let me just say it. I'm going to add on the Kia Griffin Stewart. I think Griffin Stewart would be a very nice selection because, uh, once again, I know we always like to go back to stats and whatnot, but I also saw myself, too, his off. So overall offensive grade with them blocking according to PFF was 86.4 during the preseason. 
the ability to block is, is one of uh, is a very important element when it comes to being a tight end, along with the fact that he didn't get many looks with any with an offensive opportunities, but he took he definitely took advantage of it. So I believe in a Jacksonville game, he caught all three for at least 40 yards. It, this is just a guy that I think compared to other tight ends, he really fits that mold. And I probably saw something like Mary Kay from earlier, but he really does fit that mold when you look at him of He's a hybrid of being able to run, being agile, but also being able to play the position very well. And with him being behind Dave Njoku and Harrison Bryan, two guys that he can really learn a lot for, I think he'd be very effective on this team. Okay, so I think this comes down to two players. It comes down to Griffin Stewart and Miller Forrestall, right? So, Irie, I feel like we're targeting you here. Let's no. uh, <laughs> let's let's do a little uh, group discussion here. Are we going with Griffin Stewart, the intriguing upside prospect, or Miller Forrestall? Mary Kay? You know, I'm going to go with Miller Forrestall. Most of the time I look out there and the next man up, uh, you know, after the after the two key guys in David Njoku and Harrison Bryant, uh, it's quite often it's Miller Forrestall. Uh, you know, I, I just think that, you know, he's someone that they, you know, they see something in. He's made plays consistently throughout camp. And, um, and I, I think I would choose him over Nakia. Ashley, what do you think? Yeah, my first thought when I was kind of haphazardly making my <laughs> list was also Miller Forstall for, for kind of the same reason. And I believe he was behind like David and Harrison on the depth chart technically, which of course is unofficial. Um, but I think too, the fact that he's been here before, I I don't know. I think we're still going to see some 13 personnel with Jacoby, especially like, I think they're going to need that. It won't be as much as last year, but I think maybe they'll bank on Miller really being able to to kind of build off some of those looks like he has some more familiarity with it than Nikki Griffin Stewart. So that's my guess. But I do think, you know, Griffin Stewart might to me when we watch practice and he's had good moments, like looks a bit more dynamic. So it wouldn't surprise me. But my hunch is still leaning towards the person they know better with Miller Forstall. I, I think that's where I'm leaning to. I think Griffin Stewart is really intriguing. And again, some of it comes down to like, I, you can probably get either through to the practice squad. Yeah. Uh, but Forrestal's been a guy that's been around that they know really well. Um, that Griffin Stewart upside is so intriguing, but I, I don't think you lose him if, if you wave him on Tuesday. I think, I think you can keep him in your building, which is really the goal. So unfortunately, Irie, I think I think we're going to do it again. This is like the gang up on Irie uh, podcast. We're going to go the boring route. We're going to take Miller Forrestal. I, I I don't know. Maybe that tells us what we think of this front office and this coaching staff, that they're going to lean towards like people they know and like the people that they yeah. are familiar with. And that's the thing. You know, I think it's Irie has like this interesting perspective and like nailing some of these guys who maybe have more upside. But like, I've been thinking about it, like, what is this front office going to do? Not what, who do I want? Because I would might, I maybe might make some different moves than they're going to. Um, but I, I think this, they've kind of established a pattern the last few years. That's kind of hard to ignore for me when I was doing this. I, I also want to say before you you jump in, Irie, I, I think one of the things we've also learned is they, they're very like focused with their practice time. And there isn't like a lot of just straight up like this guy is going to compete with this guy. It's sort of like what what you see is sort of what you get. And I, I think to Mary Kay's point, that's where we're seeing Forrestall a lot getting out there earlier than those other guys. But go ahead, Irie. Tell us why we're we're going to be wrong on this. No, no, no. I, I wasn't going to mention regarding uh, why you guys are I think, I think you guys are right, especially having been here and seeing how the front office works. They do. They definitely do. Uh, take account and focus more on how the players do in practice compared to the game. And, we, and a, an example of that real quickly is going to be Jacoby Bressett, somebody who, and we'll get to this later on, I'm sure Mary Kay probably has a whole song about it, but that's somebody that should have been playing in every preseason game. But what, what they talk about, they like what you see from them is during the practice time. So I, I get that. But the, the thing I was going to mention was I think you probably found the title of this episode, which is uh, Bully Ira Harris Day. Uh, so that's all I just wanted to mention on that. It's our it's our hazing episode. We're, uh, we're, we're, that, that's what we're going to call it. Um, okay. I am going to add a defensive end. This would be the fifth defensive end. We've got Garrett Clowney, Alex Wright, and Isaiah Thomas. I'm going to go ahead and grab the guy um, that I th- has been starting a lot 
when uh, when those guys haven't been in there. I'm going to go with Isaac Rochelle. I think he's going to be your fifth defensive end. Again, I just think this is like when I look out there, I see him playing with Alex Wright when Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett aren't there. So it's just hard for me to look at anyone else and say, you know, obviously Chris Odom is done for the year now. Curtis Weaver. This is like year three of having Curtis Weaver around. I just haven't seen a ton here. Chase Winovich. I think we're going to have to see if we can squeeze him onto this. I don't think it's over for him because I added Isaac Rochelle. Uh, but I, I think that's the player. I think he's your your fifth edge rusher um, in this group. I think that's right, Dan. I mean, he started last night with with Alex Wright, with Miles and Jadavian out. He's looked really good. Like, he's pretty disruptive. I mean, he's gotten some, made some, especially in practice, especially in those Eagles joint practices. It felt like I kind of was, like, always seeing him around the ball during those 11-on-11, like, live periods. So this is probably right. And, again, it's just kind of the basics of, what we're seeing like what do we know he's like the next one out there right now and those two aren't playing so uh he seems like like a lock to make this and you know I might make I might go down the rabbit hole with my next (laughs) pick Dan and and kind of make an argument for Chase here but I think Isaac has the has the leg up like as the next guy in okay so we're up to 46 well 49 when you count the specialists so we have four left um just to kind of give everybody a reset of what I where I kind of think we're at I think we probably are a little thin at offensive line. I think we're a little more wide open on the defensive side of the ball. We only have five corners. We only have five linebackers. Uh, We have five edge rushers. So maybe those are the areas we target. But Mary Kay, who who do you kind of like here now for for a name you want to throw on this list? Well, you know, I actually, I didn't get a chance to weigh in on old Isaac. Oh, Rochelle. Go for um, it. <laughs> but um, I, I think I would have gone Chase Winovich over uh, Isaac Rochelle, but both of them, I guess, probably, ha- you know, might have a chance to make the team, but I don't know. There's just something, uh, you know, that, that tells me that Chase still has a decent chance of making the team. I'm not sure about that because he has been out with a hamstring for so long. But, you know, they went and, you know, they signed him as a free agent and they felt good about him and, uh, or I'm sorry, they, they traded for him, but, um, but they felt good about him. And, um, and I don't know that the hamstring is going to take him, you know, out of the mix. So, uh, you know, if, if you guys don't want to, you know, have the debate on Chase versus Isaac Rochelle, uh, then I guess I'll go ahead and, and throw Chase on there. Okay. Yeah. So I wanted to, I mean, let's kind of, I think there was room to put chase on the roster as well. Mm-hmm. So that that's why I didn't want to make it an Isaac versus chase. Now, if we start to get tight and we're like, Oh, we should have had this guy on and not this guy. That's when it maybe comes down to Isaac and chase. So let's maybe put a pin in that one. Um, and we'll go ahead and put chase Winovich on the roster as a sixth edge rusher for now. Um, I, I mean, it is interesting. It does feel, Ashley, like he's at least a little more on the bubble than maybe we thought when the Browns traded for him. I know. And I think so much of that is just like he hasn't been out there. He only played in one preseason game, and now he's been dealing with this hamstring thing ever since that Jacksonville game. But I kind of align with your thinking. I mean, Dan, you wrote your 53-man roster projection today, and you included both of these guys on here. And I kind of agree with that. I think they can feasibly keep six edge guys because they're relying a lot on youth with their backups. And they have two rookies. They have Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas. And especially, you know, Isaiah Thomas, you know, I think. But Alex Wright had a lot of these discussions, too, about being more of like developmental type picks. So I don't think it hurts to keep Chase. I think they like what he does on special teams. But I do think in terms of what he does well on defense, like, they, you know, his best chance to be successful is getting one-on-one pass rush opportunities. So they have to figure out a way to generate those for him. Um, and Isaac Rochelle, I don't know if that's the case. So it, again, if you were picking between them, I might give Isaac the edge, but I think both of them are going to be on this roster. Yeah, I re- I, th- I think this is something we'll circle back on if like, wow, there's some good corporate speak there. I've said, we'll put a pin in this and we'll circle back on it. This is like the corporate podcast. <laughs> but I, I think this is something we'll come back to probably if we need some extra space. But you, are you okay right now with Rochelle and Winovich on this roster? I am. Now, here is the thought, though. And I'm not, comparing, I'm not comparing what they do 
what they both do on the field because they're on two different sides of the ball. But just we mentioned Michael Woods earlier, who similar regarding Chase, somebody that the Browns really like that we may even have, have really liked. Somebody that's been out though for what seems a long time that were at least at least within training camp days. You're out two weeks, it feels like two months. So do they give the same treatment to Chase as we feel that they will to Michael Woods? To where they give him a benefit, that is say we really like him, we need him. Yeah, I, I, I think they will, and I think Mary Kay's on to something there. That they, even though they didn't give up a bunch for him, it was just a straight Mac Wilson. It was like two teams just wanting to change guys out. Um, they, there is something obviously that they liked about Winovich, and we know that Andrew Barry doesn't just make trades to make trades. So yeah, I, I do think there's, I, I actually do think that's an apt comparison because we've got Woods who. You know, it was a guy they drafted, even though it was late. They're not just going to move on from him, and and Winovich might be in the the same boat. Uh, Ashley, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say just the one reason I would push back on it, and I'm not saying I don't think Chase is going to not make the roster, but I think it's different with Michael because he is a rookie. That receiver room has just had so many problems with injuries. Um, that I would almost give him more grace. And like Chase, I mean, we've looked at his, I know we've looked at his salary, Dan, and I can't remember the numbers in front of me. Like if you were to lose him, like it's not really going to hurt your cap that much either. So that would be something not working in his favor. But but like you said, at the end of the day, they, they did still trade for him. They are trying to give him a fresh change of scenery. I think he's up to that challenge. He's kind of up to, to do special teams and all those things. So that helps his case. All right, three spots left. Ashley, give us one. Since Mary Kay went with uh, Chase there, I'm going to beef up our tackle room, and I'm going to put Chris Hubbard on this roster. Um, I think even though he's had some injury issues, been in and out so far, I really think they need him on the roster still. I think we saw how much it hurt them to not have him last year. I do think he needs to get healthy, but I'm just going to pick him over Alex Taylor because that's a guy they've gotten on the practice squad the last two years anyway. And I don't know, I haven't been that like impressed when Alex Taylor's been out there. I still think you're better off with Chris Hubbard. And and I just wonder too with Hubbard if they know this is a guy who struggled with injuries, if they're being precautionary more than anything. But he's a nine-year vet. He really gets this. And we heard time and time again last year from Wyatt Teller, Joel Batonio, Kevin Stefanski, how much they missed not having a true swing tackle. So I think it would you got your developmental guy in Hudson. I don't think you need to take two developmental guys in Hudson and Alex Taylor. Take Hudson and let him learn from Chris Hubbard, even if Chris Hubbard is hurt, quite honestly, if you want to try to turn James Hudson into a swing tackle. This this also could end up being a Rochelle Winovich situation where they keep both. It's not it's not crazy to keep 10 linemen. I think they've actually kept 10 offensive linemen the last two years. And we've got five yeah. interior O-linemen right now in this list. And we're up to four tackles now in Wills, Conklin, Hudson, and Hubbard. So um I think Alex Taylor is still in play over these last two picks. But Mary Kay, do you think Chris Hubbard is pretty safe on this roster? Uh, my gut tells me that Chris will be around. But I, you know, even just watching him stand on the sidelines uh, of the Bears game, I was thinking, man, he he really has struggled with the whole injury piece. And has the time come where they feel like, uh, you know, that it's time to part ways and just kind of move on from that? Uh, but he has the experience. They were excited to get him back uh, off of his injury. And, uh, you know, he is a really good swing tackle when he's healthy. So I can, I can live with this. There's part of me that wonders about it, uh, but I can live with this. Okay. Uh, we've got two spots left. Irie, you get the first one. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we might just let you have this one. <laughs> No, 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 or what the front office want them, or what y'all, any of you want them, I'm just going to throw out and just get feedback on it. I, that, that's all I want. And this is a popular name. Herb Miller. Yeah, that's, you know what? Let's do Let's do this. Last two spots. Let's each throw out a name. And let's, let's pick from those four. Does that work? 
So Irie throws out Herb Miller. I think he's a guy. I th- I had him on my roster. I think he's a special teams guy. Um, I, I think we need another corner. So um, we're gonna write Herb Miller over here on the spreadsheet. Um, I, I think he's I think he's got a real chance to make the roster. Yeah, Ashley, do you have somebody else to add to this? I. I'm going to throw Alex Taylor in the mix. That's fine. Okay. You want to do Alex Taylor? No, you can do Alex Taylor. I will do Johnny Stanton. Why not? We still don't have him on here. Okay. Mary Kay, do you have somebody in mind here? You know, I was thinking Sean Jolly. Um, Yeah. So, you know, just someone that once again, I think, um, you know, has shown some good potential, can play some special teams and, and fill in. And I know that there are a couple of guys in that same category. Um, but I don't know. There's just something about Sean that I think is very intriguing. Okay. So that gives us, we basically get to choose from two defensive players and two offensive players. So Johnny Stanton and Alex Taylor, I will vote for Alex Taylor. I like having another tackle and I'm not sure if you've got four halfbacks. I just don't know if fullback is in the mix here. I think you're going to see a lot of tight ends in that backfield. Um, I don't know if there's room for a true fullback. So I'm going to go with Alex Taylor. Mary Kay, what about you? Alex Taylor or Johnny Stanton? Can I throw another name into the mix on the offensive side of the ball? Sure. And and that is um, Drew Forbes. And the only reason why I say that is because, well, once again, you've got the draft pick thing. um, And he's never really had an opportunity to show what he can do. And then the, because of injuries. And then the other thing is, um, I don't know that you can go with Chris Hubbard, James Hudson, and Alex Taylor. I think that's a little heavy on the backup tackles. I would almost, I mean, what about old Blake Hans? I mean, you know, so I, I don't know. And then Johnny Stanton, I actually thought, what if they decided to go with Johnny Stanton over, a, a you know, another tight end and used him as their, as their, sort of third tight end. I don't know if they would do that. I don't know if they would leave themselves that thin, but that, you know, that's another thing to consider. Um, but I actually, I don't know. I just wanted to throw Drew Forbes out there for the sake of discussion. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Um, Forbes um, has been around and we just haven't seen a lot of him. And uh, I think Andrew was in the building when they drafted him. I can't remember. Um, but Forbes is, you know what, Blake Hans? When you said Blake Hans's name, I kind of stopped. I'm like, oh, maybe Blake Hans is my guy. Oh, Doug some is somewhere right now, screaming, and he doesn't <laughs> know why. He just like felt the urge to scream, and it's because you said Blake Hans is my guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got to figure this out. We need one more offensive player. We're looking at Alex Taylor, Johnny Stanton, Drew Forbes, and Blake Hans. I'm gonna go Blake Hans, Ashley. Mary Kay has just made me question everything. I thought I was going to say Alex Taylor for sure. And then she said that might be too heavy at tackle. So now I don't know. Um, I don't know. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the guy I threw out there and say Johnny Stanton. I think they might use him in some of those tight end looks. And then I don't, I don't know. Maybe that means they're getting rid of Miller Forrest all instead. We're getting him on the practice squad, but I don't know. I think they would keep like, him in that fullback category and and just to keep him on the roster. Mary Kay, what about you? Oh gosh. Um, this is actually, this is a tough call, isn't it? <laughs> this yeah. is where they make their money right here. Yeah. Yeah. Because you could make a case for any one of these guys. You could absolutely do that. Um, so, Hmm. Oh, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm going to, I'm, I guess I'm going to go with Blake Hans. I guess I'm going to go with Blake Hans here. I really call Doug and just get his instant take on this. <laughs> Late to the hands it is. All right, Blake Hans. We are adding Blake Hans to the roster. I think he'll be our final uh, offensive player. So that leaves us Herb Miller and Sean Jolly uh, on the defensive side as uh, our sixth corner. I think Herb Miller's the default. I will say though, Mary Kay, when you brought up Sean Jolly, he is an intriguing. Like, didn't he? He made a play last night. He made a play on Saturday night, if I'm not mistaken. That kind of stood yeah. out to me. Um, I do wonder if maybe, I don't know, maybe they kind of like that out of him. And, and so 
I don't know. I don't know which direction to go with this. So let's, I, I guess, vote it out here. Uh, Herb Miller and Sean Jolly. Ashley, why don't you go first on this one? Hold on, Dan, because I'm trying to find the play from last night because it's it's bothering me. So somebody else can go. Okay. Irie, what do you think? You threw, uh-huh. You're the one who threw out Miller. Do you want to just stick with Miller? Oh, uh, decisions, decisions, <laughs> decisions. Where's Sony Soprano? We need him to say this is a bishnish. Where do you need him? <laughs> right when you need him. Uh, you know what? Why not? Why not? Throw him All in right. there. So you're yeah. sticking with her, Miller. I... Mary Kay? Oh, Ashley, go ahead. Miller. I got it. He's the one that forced the strip sack that Perry and Winfrey recovered. Okay. Um, Sean Jolly did. They like the turnovers. They do. They kind of need it. You know, I'm going to I'm going to buck the trend and go with Sean Jolly, even though, like you said, I think her Miller is the default. But that you look at last season, what was the biggest problem? No takeaways. You can't at some point you have to look at these kind of guys you have that are like, you know, the sixth corner type of guys. And if you can get, you know, one takeaway from there, that's a success, in my opinion. So I'll go with Jolly. I've I've got a few things that work here. I have Herb Miller on the, the 53 I posted today. So I can say Sean Jolly here <laughs> and then I'm right either way. Yeah. Um. I also am, see, see Mary Kay throws these things out and I'm like, oh, I probably should put some stock in Mary Kay's instincts here. I've, I've learned yeah. enough over time that like, I should probably put some, you know, yeah, I should consider this guy. And I can't agree with Irie. That's been the theme of the podcast. So I'm, I guess I'll go with Sean Jolly. Why not? Yeah. And I think it could go either way. I really, really do. If you had to pick between these two guys, Herb Miller or Sean Jolly, I absolutely 100% think it could go either way. But, you know, because of that play last night and just because he's kind of come on strong a little bit, I think I'm going to go with Sean. Irie, <laughs> you're just staring into the camera right now. It's been a it's been a tough fifty three man roster, <laughs> day but that's it's about collaboration. Front offices are about collaboration and and working together. Pain, Dan. All <laughs> I know is pain. <laughs> well, like I said, if it makes you feel any better, I did put Herb Miller on my mm-hmm. uh, on my initial fifty three man roster. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. either way, I, I get to be right in this scenario. All right, we did it. Uh, real quickly, I'll run through what we've got for everybody. So two quarterbacks, Brissett and Dobbs, four running backs, Chubb, Hunt, Ford, and Johnson, six receivers, Cooper, DPJ, Felton, Bell, Woods, and Schwartz, three tight ends, and Joku, Bryant, and Forrestal. Uh, Lineman, we did go with nine. So Posich, Teller, Betonio, Dunn, Froholt, Hans, Wills, Conklin, Hudson, and Hubbard. And then on the defensive side of the ball, six edge rushers. Garrett, Clowney, Wright, Thomas, Rochelle, Winovich, four tackles, Winfrey, Elliott, Brian, Togiai, five linebackers, JOK, Phillips, Walker, Taki Taki, and Fields, nine defensive backs, Ward, Newsom, Williams, Emerson, Green, and Jolly at corner, Johnson, Delpit, Harrison, and Bell at safety. There will be a test. So if you weren't listening as I read off those names, go back, hit that 15 second back button and listen again okay we did it brown's 53 man roster initial 53 man roster this will probably all have changed by the time you've got your headphones in and you're listening to this but it was still fun uh for mary Kay, ashley and irie i'm dan thanks for listening everybody